0: Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery and I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for
1: its tourist spots and attractions, But many people don't know about its thriving arts community.
0: On this show, we are excited to introduce to you passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why, and how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll introduce you
1: to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly
0: making a difference. From the heart with a capital A-R-T.
1: Yes, Mary. (laughs) I love that you're doing that now. It's so cool with a capital A-R-T. You
0: mentioned it one day that we call it from the heart because you can't have heart without art or uh-huh. heart without heart. Yeah.
1: And we write it that way with the A-R-T uh-huh. in there, but sometimes it gets lost in translation. How How you doing, my friend?
0: I'm fine. I'm so happy to see you.
1: Yeah. We, we did not get to do a show together last week mm-hmm. and it was like, it was just, I, I missed you. Yes. Truly. Yes. But you had an awesome show. Yes. You talked to a really great traveling gospel opera Experience. Ex-
0: gospel meets uh, classical, classical opera, uh, put on by our guest. Forgive me right now that his name is going out of my mind uh, because I'm seeing him this Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> but yes, he had a vision one day of wanting to merge the two that are filled with compassion and passion and artistry and that are different, but putting them together so that you could bring the audiences together and them sound together to make something like nowhere else
1: that's really cool and it's happening this week this week by the time
0: this show airs it will have been last night and I plan on going so already I can tell you it was great
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. so we haven't been able to talk since the Orlando Friends Mm -hmm. Festival but it was so fantastic it was and I got to see multiple shows that we had on on our show and they were really great so much creativity and several of the shows that we had on won some of the best play at yes. the Fringe and best musical at the Fringe. Yes. So I just love the Fringe Festival because it really does highlight creativity in so many different ways. And from all over the world, mm-hmm. you know, people come here uh, from all over. And a big thank you to Alana and to Michael Marinaccio for setting up um, shows this year, because last year when we did it, it was a bunch of local (laughs) shows, which was great. It was great. But we didn't know to reach out to national and international artists. And so this year, we were able to talk to so many different uh, different kinds of and shows. It was
0: nice. It took it out of your hand because we we hated saying no to anyone who called, but we had what seventy five people that yeah we had seventy
1: five get... shows <laughs> yes. that reached out to us and said we want to be on your radio show. We're like, oh, okay. We have we have two shows <laughs> yes. to pull off, so but thank but it was you, great.
0: Michael and Alana, you sent us a good representation of everything the Fringe represents.
1: Absolutely, and congratulations to every artist mm-hmm. who participated this year. And thank you for making Orlando proud. You know, one of the things that I kept hearing over and over and over from the international and national artists that we met through here Mm -hmm. and and, and just being out at the French Festival was that Orlando was truly a special festival. You know, a lot of these had been to the Canadian circuit in Edinburgh and on mm -hmm. all these places. And they kept saying that they had never experienced community like they had here at the Orlando Fringe Festival. So I think and that's a big compliment it really to is. us. People
0: open their homes, they lend their cars and bicycles. Uh, we, we treat them as our guests because they are. because yeah. They make our community world known for something so cool.
1: Yeah, and sometimes, you know, of course, in the artistic community, sometimes it can become a little bit competitive. And some of the festivals have that edge to it a little bit. And what people were saying was not here, that here in Orlando, all of the artists support each mm-hmm. other. They see each other's shows, they promote each other. And they, I, I, a lot of people that I talked to were just kind of blown away by that. So and, that's awesome.
0: And their leadership of the Orlando Fringe sets them up to support each other by helping them out with comps to be able mm-hmm. to see the other shows. Absolutely.
1: So uh, congratulations again to all of the artists Here. and kudos to the Orlando Fringe Festival for another great year.
0: Now, you asked me earlier if there was something that I wanted to say, and it's not about Fringe or show, but a conversation I had with Jason. I said, I'm going to bring this up to tell Joshua. Um, I don't know how it came up. But one day we were talking, Jason and I, about uh, religion, and he said, well, when I'm drawing, that's my way of praying. He said, I believe that when artists create, that's a form of prayer. Mm. And I've been contemplating that. And when you think about what a prayer is, it's that still place where you listen for messages or you give a thought expression. And... I'm like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes when you're throes of, I don't know if you feel this way when conducting, mm-hmm. but when in improvising, there's just like source flows through you, and and you're just the vehicle for mm-hmm. it. And I went, Jason, that's pretty profound. He went, Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> I can see him saying, Well, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times there's there's something very spiritual about artistic expression, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's in quietness and stillness, and sometimes it's in like a, a praise, you know, when I yep. watch videos of me conducting, I'm like, I don't even know I could move that way. I'm <laughs> dancing up there. I don't even know it. Right. So yeah, totally. I, I hear that. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And Jason, you know, he is such a incredibly peaceful man. And that maybe some of that st- stems from his time. I
0: think so. His
1: time with his pencil. Yes. I love that. Well, today we have a fantastic show mary and we had this um and i love how you wrote this but this power trio from the (laughs) orlando science center uh on uh probably about a year ago now and we are so honored to have them back again and so today we have jeff stanford he is the vice president of marketing Brandon Landman, who's the Vice President of the Visitor Experience Programs and Exhibits, and then Heather Norton, who is the Vice President of Education. Welcome, you guys. Uh Hi, thank Thank you. you. It is so glad to have all of you back. So, Jeff, just give us kind of the elevator speech of what the Orlando Science Center is all about.
2: Absolutely. Orlando Science Center is dedicated to inspiring science learning for life. And we do that by providing iconic learning experiences through hands-on exhibits and life science demonstrations and and big events and, and guest speakers and observatory visits and all kinds of things to inspire wonder and stimulate curiosity and and get people to better understand the world around them. And uh, Orlando Science Center has been a part of our community since 1955. Mm, wow.
1: 1955. Yes, and, yes. And, been, and you have been on staff 18 of those. Yes, years. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say since
2: 1957. I actually thought about making a joke uh, and saying you've been there since uh, the beginning, uh, yeah. right, it, it, it is. It's a great story. the uh, The Orlando Science Center actually started as a, like a volunteer movement. There was there was a group really passionate volunteers there uh, in, in the as the space race was really starting. and they would take science demonstrations out to schools and libraries and even in storefronts to just get people excited mm-hmm. about science and this need for this new high-tech future that was coming. And then uh, they consolidated and found a home in Lockhaven Park and opened, uh, the what the museum that became the Orlando Science Center uh, there in Lockhaven Park uh, it is now the home of the uh, Shakespeare oh, uh, yeah, theater was the there. First and uh, for many years it was the John Young Museum and Planetarium and that's I grew up here in Orlando, so that was my museum, my field trips and my summer camps and mm-hmm. my laser light shows mm-hmm. and uh, and then in the 90s there was a huge capital campaign to build the gorgeous Orlando Science Center that we now know, still there in Lock Haven Park. And when did that building open? That opened in February of 1997. Wow. Yeah.
1: And was it, it, it was it kind of the last piece of the buildings there in Lockhaven Park, or was it...
2: It was, I believe it was. I mean, it was one of the first museums. I think Orlando Museum of Art is older mm-hmm. than the Science Center, so we were one of the, the cornerstones of that cultural park. But then in terms of Recent construction, you know, in 1997, it was probably the last new construction in that park. And now we're so excited to see what's happening with Orlando Ballet. Yeah, you know, just on the other side there to see that coming in and joining the family and so. if you
1: if listeners you don't haven't been to lockhaven park or not familiar with that area it really is kind of the cultural epicenter of mm-hmm. of our city and there you have the museum of art and you have the shakespeare theater which is now known as the orlando shakes yes, uh, yes. which is awesome and then we have the orlando repertory theater mm-hmm. the science center and now we're going to be in M- Manello, which yes. is across the street yes. and then we're also going to be having the new and improved oh, nice. ballet. There at the yes. Old Lock Haven Community Center. I gotta yes. bring the opera so.
0: near there. Well, actually, yeah. they're going to be over by the Dr. Phillips Center, correct? Yeah, they're and there. They have built. their offices
1: there now. Yeah. But Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what Lock Haven will look like yeah. ten years from now? No, right, one we need to expand like, it. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like Manello
2: is under a big growth yeah. spurt soon too. So it's a very exciting time to be there. That's awesome. So Heather,
1: uh, you know, I growing up, I my favorite class was history. I loved history, I really didn't like math, but science was okay. Mm -hmm. How would you define science? What is science?
3: Well, let me just tell you that I also struggled with math in school, and I I think that's a common problem because I think it's the way we teach these subjects sometimes to our children. um, not in ways that are easily applicable. You can't see the relation to your life at that moment. And so it's, it's hard sometimes to take these complex subjects and make them something that children want to learn. I think for us, science is really a way of knowing. It's mm-hmm. a way of um, investigating and questioning our world and solving problems. And so at the Science Center, um, what we really try to do is bring these phenomenons and these ideas to children in a way that they can manipulate, they can provide their own thoughts to, and they can make connections to their own lives. And so um, we cover all the sciences. We um, go from life science to engineering to the physical sciences. We incorporate other subject matters because we think that's where science truly lives. It's not a singular area. It's about how science really um, is a way of knowing our world and thinking about our problems. And so what
0: are some of the experiences that you provide in a class or an activity that tends to always get the kids very excited and interested in science by doing.
3: I think the biggest difference is for us when we are having them come into our space or we're taking things to them, we're letting them kind of be the owner of that experience. So Mm. we do what we call a learner-focused or um, a learner-centered experience. So really, we give them a challenge or we give them an idea, we give them materials, and then we ask them to think about solutions or think about a hypothesis and actually try to fix it or figure it out Mm. themselves. And we don't tell them it's one answer or it's one way. We just say, how would you approach this? How would you solve this problem? And so the kids get really excited about that because it's not about the teacher being the expert. It's about them having... Being empowered. Empowered Mm -hmm. and that they have their own ideas and thoughts and that they're valid. So um, one of our biggest ones is um, having them uh, do engineering challenges where they get to build bridges and they're competing against other teams. And that competitive spirit really gets them excited and jazzed and they like to see if their idea worked.
0: And when you say building bridges, do you mean, do you have physical
3: material that they use or do they draw it or what? Absolutely. No, we actually have them first talk about it with their peers and come up with an idea. And then they have to make sure the whole group buys into that idea. And then they get materials and they actually try their idea out. And then Mm -hmm. they have to test it and they see if their idea worked. And they typically have some criteria and that's how they test it. What's an example of criteria? So, it has to be able to um, be a certain length. It has to be able to hold a certain amount of grams. And so, they actually test it by adding one bean bag at a time and see how many um, bean bags it can hold.
1: That's nice. so cool. I'm actually really glad I asked that question because that's not what I expected you to say. But I don't think I've ever thought of science as problem solving, but really, because mm. it, it, science can encapsulate so many things in our right. life, right? And I think the idea of thinking of science more and the challenges and problem solving, that's an interesting way of putting it. Is that really how you lead the way in conversation with kids? Is that science is about exploring and solving problems? And It really is about
3: the skill sets, the process that you use to think about your world. Because knowledge right now, anybody can look things up. The internet is right. in all of our hands all the time. So it's not so much about maybe having them master the content. It's about how they use that content and how we use content to solve problems. I mean, in our world around us, there is the natural world, but there's also the human made world. And that human made world has a lot of complex problems that mm. we all need solved. So we really wanna make sure our kids are thinking about how to problem solve because we need them <laughs> coming yeah. up. We have some big yeah. problems that we're gonna need them to be thinking about creatively and critically. And so we wanna practice those skill sets. That's I very love important. that. And so
1: you're really trying to help kids expand and think outside of their box of what they know. Is, is their world, right? Like Right,
3: I think the bigger thing too is that there's not one way to solve problems. And so mm. this getting over fear of failure, building resiliency, looking at how there's multiple ways to come at a problem and that is where innovation comes from. So really getting them in this practice and this uh, experience of knowing that we can have multiple solutions to a singular problem and from that new ideas are formed and I'm thinking about things differently. And that really is going to drive us forward. So we just want them to get.
0: I that love practice. that multiple ways to look at something. And we ha- do have to go on a break, but I love the fact that that's where art and science meet.
1: Absolutely, and parents, I hope you're listening to this because it's not just a fun day at the museum. You're really challenging kids to think bigger and to Mm -hmm. think higher on some of these things when it comes to problem solving and what what we might be facing Mm -hmm. uh, as a society. I love that, it's very (laughs) cool. Well, we're gonna be right back. We're gonna hear more from the Science Center and from the power trio of Jeff and Heather and Jeff. Join us back here on MAGIC 107.7 FM.
0: Hi, welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with Joshua Vickery. And today we're very happy to be speaking to our guests from the Orlando Science Center, Brandon Lehman, Heather Norton, and Jeff Stanford. Welcome all three of you back again. So just a few moments ago, we were talking with Heather, but Brandon, we didn't have a chance to ask you, what can our guests expect? To experience when they come to your science museum, music, museum. Blah, blah, museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: no, um, I think they can expect to be um, impressed. Now, right? We we've got so much happening on a regular basis that's actually hard to keep up with uh, in a majority of the time. A What's lot of the,
0: impressing you these days.
4: Oh yeah! So one of the things that's really exciting is we did just open our uh, makerspace uh, in the in the science center. And in that space, it really is an opportunity. You know, Central Florida's got a lot of really great spaces that are dedicated really to uh, adults. And we've able we've been able to kind of create one where uh, the full family unit can sort of create together, um, learn different skills. Right now, they're doing a lot of textile work. So if you want to learn how to stitch, if you want to learn how to sew, um, we also have a lot of paper making activities and paper design activities. So it's a great space that is really geared towards the idea of teaching those that um, you don't always have to just be a consumer um, and that there's great skills and uh, it, in developing your own abilities to create.
0: In this makerspace, is it an ongoing class or does someone just walk in and experience it? Or if someone wants to work on a project, do they come regularly?
4: Yeah. So there's lots of different ways that you can interact with the space. We have activities out for that are sort of just an idea. If you'd like to learn how to do some simple stitching, we've got some simple opportunities for you to practice at. Um, eventually, as we're developing the space out, if you have a want or desire to 3D print a piece, um, we were more than happy to be a mentor to you and help you work through how to make that happen. And then if uh, we can do it for you, we'd, we'd let you then 3D print off with one of our You have a 3D printers. printer there, yeah? Yeah, we actually have wow. 12 3D printers wow. Wow. For, the, for the guests that we're currently working how through. How
0: large is your largest 3D printer?
4: Oh, these are nice uh, little desktop style sized. Uh, really good for rapid prototyping and really to inspire and get you interested in doing these types of things. Okay,
1: what is rapid prototyping? You got very scientific there. Yeah. There so second. rapid prototyping, you
4: have an idea, right? And say you wanted to create something that would um, dispense food for your cat at its at an interval that you decide, right? Mm-hmm there's probably not something that already exists that would snap over the top of your food container. Because if you just left all the food out, the cat eats it immediately, right? Mm. So what you could do is learn uh, some design software and build your own small cup that has a lid on it. And then you could learn how to program a small computer an Arduino uh, through the Arduino um, programming language. And then actually program that in three hour intervals to randomly open and close so that it would feed your cat while you might not be there. Whoa, um, I want an Arduino. <laughs> yeah. So, with a problem that you might experience, 3D printers and um, you know coding softwares and soldering iron, there's there's all these tools out there that we can break down that experience for you, so that it's not intimidating to go into it. And then these are a lot of those um, initial ideas. If you just learn how to start coding, it's really not that scary once you get into it. Once you learn how to solder electronics become much easier to start thinking about and how to handle. So we break down that initial barrier uh, with a lot of the tools and the mentors that we provide in the space, the instructors, so that you can start to do those things. Your but,
0: passion about it is compa- is um, <laughs> is contagious. What's the most unusual thing you've seen uh, someone come out having made there?
4: Well, right now we're showing them how everything is working. So we're still working with guests on actually bringing things in. Um, that's going to take some time, I think, for people to realize that we have some of those capabilities. Um, we're still learning a lot of the pieces ourselves. The space literally opened a week ago. Oh, wow. Um, oh, it just so opened. Right now, oh. it's fresh. It's brand new. So we're learning um, along with the guests themselves, which is all part of the process of making and sharing. And that community is so collaborative.
0: Well, if there's no other reason to go visit, it's certainly these machines. I have Absolutely. a friend who just purchased one. And it's hard to imagine a 3D printer, but that's what
4: they have. Yeah. And and now they can just, they do amazing things. You know, we've got some basic education model styles to get you interested in it. And then from there, you can spend thousands upon thousands of dollars Mm. on even your own home versions and commercial versions. If you wanted to start your own business, things like that. So,
1: And is this a part of the regular admission price? Like if you get in, you can go to this space and create?
4: Yes, you can. Wow. So the only caveat is it is design space for eight and up. So because real tools are used, we don't hold back on what you can have access to as far as what you might need Um, down the road in a few more months. We've actually got a small carpentry shop that will open as a part of that. So CNC routers, bandsaws, drill presses, whatever you'd want to Maybe learn a little bit about, um, again, breaking down that barrier to get you confident in the abilities of yourself. And mm. everybody starts at zero. Everybody so starts not knowing If how to you
0: want to make a, a tabletop music stand, you could program it to do that. Or sure. a microphone, even something.
4: Sure. If you've got the right electronics. It's a and printer that makes things. <laughs> isn't
0: that amazing? It
1: really is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen it on TV and I'm like, is that real? But you're saying, yeah, it really does Come happen. On in. We'll show you how yeah, to Yeah. Go Super prove something. that it works, uh, yeah. friends. Go and check it out. So, Jeff, tell us about uh, the Hall of Heroes. That sounds really fun.
2: <laughs> and there's a reason you you've selected me for this. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I'm you a, could a talk you know it. I'm a major nerd. So How much time do we have? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I am. I'm thrilled to have Hall of Heroes. It's a great exhibit for summer, and there's so many different layers with it. And on its surface, Hall of Heroes celebrates superheroes and their impact on. Pop culture. So it breaks them down into periods going back to the 20s and radio plays and the, and the pulp magazines, into the rise of comic books, into superhero TV shows in the 70s like the Linda Carter Wonder Woman, mm. and then goes into the 80s when uh, comic books uh, started to get attention with the Frank Miller Dark Knight series and the Alan Moore Watchmen series. Told you, I was gonna go really <laughs> nerdy. That's okay, I'm loving it. You're speaking to a lot of people and, right and, and now, and I then, it, and, and, <laughs> then a, and then how it exploded into now the Marvel movies and the Chris Nolan Dark Knight movies, and how superheroes are just, just a part of our culture now. And so, you've got that wrapped around. Um, that's the kind of the theming that's what pulls you in, and then when you come in, you start to realize as you're wandering around and exploring about Superman and Green Lantern and all these different heroes, you're now seeing some stories about real-life heroes. And, oh, here's Amelia Earhart, and Mm. here's John Glenn, and you're starting to explore real heroes. And then you get a little further, and you're seeing the activities in here that help you discover your own superpowers. Like what? You're going to test, like, your strength, your balance, your critical thinking. Uh, and and so Yeah, so all these physical attributes that... Are extrapolated in superhero stories uh, as as superpowers, so you can find your own superhero within. And this is developed by a, a, a great company called Stage Nine Design. It's a, an exhibit that's on tour right now, so it's with us for the summer. And with the superhero movie, Avengers is out now and doing so well. There's uh, the Ant Man movie that's going to come out in July, and Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, there's Deadpool there's there's all all that just of came out. Yeah, superheroes are on the brain, <laughs> so it's just a great time. And and what what we do when we have these uh, exhibits on on tour, we find a way. How do we make it our own? So Brandon's team develops live shows that happen within the exhibit themselves. So his team has done. Superhero Academy and talks about the science behind some superpowers. They have a live, uh, super science show that talks about the scientific equivalence of superpowers. But what's also fun in, in, in this exhibit is moms and dads and grandpas and granddaughters and the whole family can come together because superheroes resonate with all of us Mm -hmm. and you can find where your superhero story lives And you can share the nostalgia factor is really high in this because you come around the corner and there's the Batmobile from the uh, oh my Batman TV series. Seriously, yeah, you, Bat- yeah, yeah. You geek out hardcore. <laughs> in, I and already in this am. Exhibit. Yes, and and you've got giant statues of Superman and Batman and the Hulk and Iron Man. It's 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 a comic book nerd's dream. What superhero
0: uh, did you excel
2: at? I was I was, I was uh, you know I was a huge Batman fan, so I, I fancied myself the boy detective. So yeah, you know, I could always find my dad's car keys like like, like that. <laughs> and i was i was big about tying you know bath towels around my neck and you know running around running around the house oh jeff that's amazing (laughs) heather what about
1: you like who's your favorite superhero and what what trait do you think that that you have that kind of saves the day
3: oh god i don't know (laughs) um I I think what I really love about the exhibit is just um, they've kind of flipped the head on some of the traditional uh, superhero stereotypes, which Uh we're seeing more and more now. So there's actually one of those cutouts where you put your face in and it's a female holding the man, like saving Ah. the guy. Um, And so there's just some twists, I think, to some of the historical perceptions of who is a hero and who isn't. Um, but I think right now like the success of Wonder Woman was incredible. I Mm -hmm. think there's some really strong female characters out there now and I'm just really excited for our girls to see that they can also be super and be heroic and um, they're just as smart and as talented as their male counterparts so I think it's an exciting time.
1: I love that and Brandon do you guys talk about that? How do we make sure that everybody feels like a superhero? Like No matter how old you are or what gender you are or maybe how strong you are, everyone is a superhero in their own way.
4: Absolutely, and I think uh, finally that's sort of the conversation being had around the whole comic book genre and everything like that. Everything has started to move forward that why can't we all feel that way? Why Mm. can't we all be super? And um, the exhibit does a good job, I think, of highlighting many of those aspects. And then um, you know, I think the industry overall is really starting to – help guide that down wherever all of us can start to see ourselves in these movies and see themselves as something special.
1: I love that. Well, thanks for having this conversation in a fun way at the Science Center. What a great right. way to open you those doors You come out of the Science families. Center and you
0: have more self-esteem. I yeah, thought I went know. in just for <laughs> science, but I love myself. Yeah.
1: So Jeff, what else are you guys excited about? What other cool yeah. exhibits are happening this summer that we have to go and check out?
2: The thing that you have to do this summer at the Science Center is from July 6th through August 11th, we're gonna stay open late to give you more of what you love of the Science Center and and a little bit more. We are going to do science after sundown. So we will have selected Friday and Saturday nights, July 6th, August 11th, Friday and Saturday open to 11, get access to that gorgeous observatory, the silver dome Mm -hmm. on top of the Science Center with that giant refractor telescope.
4: Which I'm gonna, if we can, uh, Jupiter, Saturn and Mars are all going to be visible this summer. Um, Different times of the, Summer is better to see other ones, but Jupiter is available all summer. Wow. If you've not seen...
0: That's available on the marquee Jupiter yeah. all summer, apparently. <laughs> available all summer.
4: Uh, all summer. If, you, if you've never seen one of the planets through a telescope... I um, have not. Have you, Mary? No. I am ashamed of you. I How know. have you not done and this yet? the that. little
0: ones my parents got us every Christmas, but <laughs> no. not a mega one. <laughs> yeah.
4: No, you got to see it through the Crosby Observatory here at the Science Center. It will... Ah, uh, blow your minds because it looks like a sticker that is tacked onto the end of a piece of glass or something like that. It is nothing like you've actually ever thought it would look like. That's wow. the best I can describe to you, especially Saturn. Saturns amazing. when you get to see the rings, um it's it, it'll blow your mind. Like, I don't know of a better way to say it than okay. you're just going to go.
1: That's, I'm old. How about no, you? I was
0: born in the '60s. Blow your mind. Sounds good to
1: me. <laughs> yeah. I'll go. Yeah. Okay, Mary. Date night. We're gonna go and uh, we're gonna we're gonna seriously? see Jupiter and Saturn. We'll bring our partners.
0: We'll go. Yes, That's
1: good. I love it. <laughs> yeah,
2: but it's it's the best thing going to come to see this. And one of the reasons we're open late so you have access yeah. to the observatory, you know. And uh, then you're gonna have you can see Hall of Heroes. Uh, we are bringing back some classic sci-fi movies over. Uh, the Last 50 Years, a Forbidden Planet, a War of the Worlds, The Day the Earth Stood Still, rolling into, <laughs> we're going to do some Men in Black, uh, Galaxy Quest. Every weekend, you'll have a new classic sci-fi film that you can check out. So go to the observatory, see, the, see those movies, the old classic laser light shows will be running as well. Get your Pink Floyd on. That's always that's that's kind of uh, a hallmark of the summer in Orlando for me is sit in a dark room with really really loud music and uh, laser effects. It's kind
1: of like the summer. It feels nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And then we will.
2: And you know, if you get a little thirsty, we're gonna have some. We'll have some beer and wine for you because our our brand new coffee spot, which we're all incredibly excited about, our coffee bar that opened last month. On these science after sundown evenings, and we'll be serving beer and wine as well. All so right. a That's great, great, night. Di- great date night. Yeah, come in the morning, get some coffee, come at night, have a <laughs> beer and wine. Either <laughs> way, enjoy the Science Center with your favorite beverage. And um, we
0: it. will. We're going to be right back because we have more time <laughs> with all of you. Listeners, please don't go away. Magic 107.7 FM. From the heart, I'm Mary Thompson Hunt with Joshua Vickery. Be right Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with Joshua Vickery. And today we are hosting our guests from the Orlando Science Center. We have Jeff Stanford, we have Brandon Landman, and Heather Norton. Heather, you work with education. Tell us what you have coming up that involves our young people that our guests, our listeners will want to hear about.
3: Sure. So, as many probably imagine, we are in the throes of summer camp, we are in week two. Um, and believe it or not, we are sold out. We Yay. have, yeah, we we have that. 14 <laughs> classes a week for 11 weeks, mm. and um, they are jammed, packed, and running. And so we're super excited. Um, but we have a new opportunity out in the Dr. Phillips area. We partnered with the Jewish Community Center out in Dr. Phillips. And so the Science Center will actually be running a summer camp in their summer camp mm. um, for about six weeks. And there still are openings in that. So if anyone and is what,
0: what does that camp look like? What can the children expect to explore?
3: So it's just like the summer camp that happens at the Science Center. It's just being transplanted just to Dr. Phillips. Nice. Yep. Okay. And this is part of our um, collaborations to try to expand our reach and be able to serve more families since um, we are selling out, which is a good problem That's to right. have.
0: And you took it to a whole other neighborhood as well. Exactly.
3: Trying to get to those outliers who distance might be um, a problem.
1: Awesome. I remember us talking last time about some after-school programs, some preschool programs, right? Don't you have a whole preschool now? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: We have a fully licensed preschool. Um, We have 70 children who do come to school at the Science Center um, throughout the academic year. And it's a STEM-focused preschool. We really start to look at those emergent science and STEM concepts. Going back to your original question, those process skills, how Mm -hmm. do we encourage and inspire them to continue questioning and investigating their world. And so it's built into what they do at the Science Center every day. Um, We are looking in the future to hopefully maybe push that content or push that program out into the community, similar to what we're doing at JCC, but that's a future conversation um, that maybe we'll be having in a couple of years. Um, One of the programs I did want to share with visitors or with listeners right now is a program for our teens. We've really been trying to look at how to engage our uh, teens and tweens In a meaningful way and so we are tapping into our volunteer program and it's a new program we're calling catalyst Mm. and it's a academic year program that they can apply for and families can start to look for that application in august it's going to be on our website and that academic year program is going to allow them to build their um, 21st century skills we're going to do some career and job readiness Mm. Um, we're also going to be exposing them to like stem skills like the soldering and the making that brandon spoke to and then um, wrapping them into internships and other opportunities. So really trying to provide a pathway for teens and youth to engage with the Science Center.
0: Especially since science is changing exponentially, I imagine, as we move forward.
3: Absolutely, and I think one of the biggest things for us is trying to make sure at these critical years where teens are making decisions, that they are informed decisions, that they've been told that this is a place that is for you, there are opportunities, Mm. they touch different interests, like for our artists and our creative youth, there are STEM fields that still have places Mm -hmm. for those kinds of thinkers. So we're really about exposure and access and making sure that they're thinking about what it could be instead of just
1: what they've only known to be true. I love that. And how can we find out more information about how to be involved in those programs?
3: So if they go to the website, um, osc.org, the catalyst information can be found on our website, and that's where the application will be starting in August.
1: osc.org is the website. Go and check it out. So Brandon, tell us about Science Live. I know we mentioned that earlier, but I'm looking on the website and there's all these really cool things. Tell us a little bit about what what that is and how we can come and experience it.
4: Yeah, so Science Live is actually a whole team of people who design and actually then go out and do the experiences for our guests as far as programs go. So when you come to the Science Center, where oftentimes you know about the exhibits, you know what movies we're playing. We also have completely... uh, built a whole suite of programs that you can go and visit while you're at the Science Center, whether they're uh, centric to our littlest learners uh, in Kidstown or you want to learn about all the planets at Science on a Sphere. We have several opportunities where our presenters are actually out on the floor taking questions, taking you through a whole program, um, live shows in our Digital Adventure Theater. Um, So all of that takes place. You can see the schedule in advance also online um, under the Science Live calendar. So that's our whole brand behind Uh, the people behind the science. So So what is it? You have alligator feedings? What does that mean? Well, we take the guests and we feed them (laughs) directly. (laughs) That's Um, not a selling (laughs) point, (laughs) Brandon. Yeah, we want to get real hands-on. No, I apologize to those. And the other guests get to figure out to put them back together again, right? (laughs) Um, That only happened twice. um, Swamp talks. Yeah, so the alligator feedings are really, so in our nature area, which is one of our more uh, popular areas, everybody's fascinated and want to be closer to animals and really understand that connection between them. And the alligator feedings are a great way of doing that. It gives us an opportunity to talk about some of the challenges that the swamp environments in Orlando and around the state of Florida um, are actually having and gives you proper understanding of how to approach or not to approach these uh, wild animals. (laughs) And then we actually, you know, we do need to feed them every day and it's always a show. I just uh, saw
0: a news story last night about an alligator that had to be taken away from someone's yeah. backyard. It's longer than this table.
4: Yep. No no reason to approach these these creatures <laughs> in the wild. They're fast. Yeah. They are they're quite fast. So you gotta be careful about um you know gotta be careful what you're doing here in Florida. I'm not a native. I'm petrified, to be quite frank, of alligators. I feel like they're everywhere, but yeah. that's that's just my uh, personal. Oh, that's your personal. <laughs> yeah, that's feel. my personal issue. I
1: love that. So um, there are the science center. You can have birthday parties. You can have meetings and events. You can have weddings. I mean, this is really a community hub of learning and problem solving, but but really truly a, a community as well. Uh, I I know that sometimes when you think of the museums or the science center, that you think of kids but you have some really cool adult programs. I know one of those is the science of wine. Can you tell oh, us a little bit about that, Jeff? That. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not picking on you for this one yeah, either, but yeah, can yeah, you tell oh, us about No, yeah, no, no <laughs> subtext, no subtext at at all. You know,
2: thanks for bringing that up, Josh. You know, it's, it's one of the <laughs> one of the things that we do um, like to do at the Science Center is and we're inspiring science learning for life. The, that's our mission. The mission is not just inspire learning for kids, kindergarten to sixth grade. It's Mm -hmm. for your entire lifelong educational journey. And, um, we do a great job with the, with the little ones and we start them out right. But where we've also over the last couple of years, especially had a real strong focus on expanding opportunities for teens and adults. Um, Brandon and Heather's team both do an exceptional, exceptional job engaging all ages, but you see in the exhibits, like Hall of Heroes has all ages appeal, but then also we have a brand new flight lab that just opened uh, in the within the last six months, and that is using virtual reality, the Oculus Rift virtual reality technology. Mm-hmm. It's running a flight software that was developed by, I think Lockheed Martin developed this. It's the same stuff they're training Navy pilots on, and we're taking people in there to wow. suit up and be pilot and co-pilot to run through uh aerial maneuvers in a virtual environment. And you know, that's 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 something that no matter what age you are, you let your inner top gun out <laughs> and can do the flight lab. Inner the, top gun. The, the 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 hive uh makerspace and we need to give a shout out to the Isaacs family who mm. generously sponsored that that exhibit for us. That's appealing to all ages. That's another opportunity to engage people because you know what? There is there is no expiration date on creativity and there's no shelf life on on learning. And so we are trying to just kind of stimulate that curiosity and inspire wonder through all ages. The observatory certainly does that. Uh, we have a new steam gallery. We've we for the last several years we have worked with local artists um, to show, uh, artistic works in an art gallery environment, science through the, uh, artistic lens. Mm. And so, uh, with the, we've added some, several permanent, uh, installations with that now Mm. to join the, the touring exhibits. And, and the one we're most proud of is the Facets of Love by, is it? Christy McCutcheon. Christy McCutcheon, uh, who's a local artist. And she took our origami hearts that were on display on the bridge for, for so long and following uh, the Pulse tragedy, our guests, mm. we worked with them to make origami hearts, the right messages of hope and love that we displayed on the bridge. Wow. I love that. And uh, we, we took that exhibit down uh, last year and put a more permanent installation in doing a similar thing, but using prisms. But Christy repurposed so many of those hearts in some really complex and beautiful artwork that's in the STEAM Gallery. That's an area that's more contemplative. That that certainly is an opportunity for adults. But Josh, you mentioned our events. Our, we have some awesome events that use things that people are very interested in, like wine, <laughs> and to, to teach them about science and chemistry. There's a lot of science and cooking and, and the... The wine making process. Uh, We do in the science of wine event. uh, We have 20 different food partners, and we have some great people like uh, uh, Swine and Sons comes down and does some cooking demos Mm -hmm. and talks about the science involved in in cooking. And uh, Southern Glazer, who is our wine provider, does 150 different varieties of wine Mm. during the science of wine, uh, which happens in April every year, and it's a fundraiser for the science center. But you come in, buy your ticket, and it's all the wine you can sample, all the food you can sample, all the proceeds come back to helping us inspire science learning for life. Makes a great date night. And it's so an amazing, amazing date night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then five times a year we do our Science Night Live event, which is when the Science Center is open exclusively to adults. It's only uh, 21 and up only. And these events um, uh, I love because it is uh, – Great to see fifteen to seventeen hundred adults geeking out on our exhibits, <laughs> uh, and that and and what's amazing to me is people will come up and go, "I love how you aged up this exhibit," and it's like we didn't do anything. Uh, <laughs> we
4: just took the eight year old. Yeah, out of we your just way. took the eight year old right. out of your right, way. Right, right. right.
1: And, or, excuse me. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's cool.
0: And, and I love that you have weddings there. I, yes. I I'd imagine that makes it very special to have a wedding in especially if that's their background. Yes, so I actually I had my can. wedding reception there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was one
2: of the first to do it. Uh, look at me, we're trendsetters. Um, <laughs> I told my wife, we're going to get married. There's going to be dinosaurs. It'll be awesome. Um, Test tube marriage. And, and, um, but it's like, it is a great venue for marriage. And you know what's wonderful about it is the people that get married at the Science Center, uh, they bring so much joy and their own personality to the venue. And we have an amazing team that puts on these events and mm-hmm. they're just world-class and um, spectacular um, meetings and events and weddings. We do about 80 weddings a year wow. at That's the beautiful. Science Center. It's and a... some amazing, some amazing stuff. But
4: it's, it, it's my favorite view of downtown Orlando. If mm. you haven't, like we're three miles just north mm. of it, so you get this gorgeous view from mm-hmm. our terrace and the observatory mm-hmm. deck. So it's well, what made me fall in love with Orlando. The three of you
1: have done such an amazing job of of being a, a champion and advocate of your mission today, but really helping us understand that there's something for everyone at the science center mm-hmm. and that science sometimes can be equated to a little bit higher or lofty. boring or lofty yes, yes. or something. And you guys are really blowing that out of the water, Bring it home right? to like everyday it's life it's fun and it's creative mm-hmm. and it's problem solving and, and all the things that we talked about today. And, and you can really spend, A whole day. You could probably spend a whole week at the science center and still not experience everything. But truly, a full day. Go get some coffee at the coffee spot, Mm -hmm. get your Subway sandwich, and go sit (laughs) out on the lawn and enjoy a picnic. And the entire day there, and And then then come back and, and have some
0: the Some... wine and watch saturn,
1: yes. <laughs> and watch saturn yeah <laughs> you buy Julie. yourself a shirt on your way out yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> so before we go jeff tell us how do we get tickets and uh, can we get them on your website do we have to go there give us a little yeah. bit of information about that you
2: can buy tickets on our website it's osc.org and just click on the button that's you know get tickets or become a member Yeah, you know, or you can become best deal in towns to become a member because then you're you're paying 165 that gets you and your partner and uh, your all your family and your household, uh, 12 months of admission access to the Science Center. Membership's the best deal in town, all kinds of discounts. All these kids that are in the sold out camps, a lot of them, their parents got major discounts oh, on registering. 165 is
0: less than one ticket to a Broadway show, if yeah.
2: you're in yeah, yeah, and, truly... and, and for us, if you come about two times to the Science Center, you've paid for your your admission membership is such a great deal. And you're also, you know, you're supporting a really great organization that is impacting our community in such great ways. But our individual admissions, 2095 for an adult and 1595 uh, for kids uh, 11 and under. And we've got various discounts and promotions going on all the time. You just go on to osc.org or join us on social media we're active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you mentioned the
0: Citibank before.
2: Uh, Bank of America Bank is of America. an incredibly Bank. generous partner of ours. We, as a nonprofit, benefit from so many benefactors. And Bank of America funds a program that's called Museums on Us. So the first weekend of, the, uh, of every month, the first full weekend so that it's a Saturday and Sunday within the month, uh, it is if you are a Bank of America cardholder, you get free admission to the Science wow, Center. that's amazing. That's very that's cool. Yes. Yeah.
1: Thanks for sharing that. Well, osc.org is where you can find out all of the information about all the great things that Jeff and Heather and Brandon have shared with us today. And thank you guys for being on the show and for the great work that you're doing in our community. Thank you. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you very us. much. Mary, this was fun. I loved it. I learned I a lot. Go. Can we please go together? Yes, we said Let's that get some We're going to do it. <laughs>
0: All right. And
1: some coffee. NC Saturn. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Listeners, this was wonderful. Go and check out the Orlando Science Center and join us back next week on From the Heart. Magic 107.7 FM.